0: It feels like things won't ever be the same Haven't got another angel than I You left this world behind Haven't got a little better than day. That took you away from me
1: Welcome Pewter Report readers and listeners to another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast Energized by Celsius, Yes, it is a Victory Monday, in case you were wondering. All of the Mondays until next season are Victory Mondays, and then probably even most of the Mondays next season will be Victory Mondays because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl champs, the only team in the NFL to end their season with a victory. So, yeah, we get not only that Lombardi trophy they're tossing around over the water, but we also get Victory Mondays here on until next season if the Bucks ever lose again. Who knows? Who knows if they will? And uh, to help them maybe never lose again uh, will be this year's draft class. And we're going to talk about the draft class a little bit. I know we are about three, maybe more months late. uh, We're talking about the 2021 draft class and tip than you're typically used to as a Bucks fan. So We've got to dive into it at some point. I know nobody wants to move on from this past season, but we figured after the weekend, you live it up, you love it again. we got to turn the page at some point a little bit, a little coming back, don't worry, uh, to that uh, amazing season. But we do have to turn the page a little bit to talk about the NFL draft and to talk about what the Bucs could be looking at with pick number 32. Not sure if you heard, but 32 is where the Bucks will be picking. That's the spot that's at the end of the first round. They reserve it for the Super Bowl champion. I'm not sure if you knew that. I just wanted to make sure you were aware. But before we do that, first, we've got to take a look at our sponsor, the beautiful and the wonderful and the glorious taste of Celsius. (laughs) Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. You see, I got my orange. I didn't have any orange secolo in the fridge, but I got the orange. The next best thing. Uh, I had to get those up there and I had to make sure that I had a little bit of sip. I know we're gonna have dinner soon. It's not like a, no, I would drink them in the night podcast, no problem. That was not an issue for me, uh, but uh, did want to make sure that I gave the orange a shout out, the sparkling orange, I should say remember no sugar in these things. Uh, it is really, really good energy. You're not going to get that drop-off that you get, uh, with other energy, energy drink products, and you're going to get the flavor and the kick and the pop that you get, uh, from drinking soda really. And so I talked to a couple of Pewter Report listeners and readers that told me it's basically replaced soda for them, uh, drinking Celsius. So a much, much healthier option. And, uh, Just gives you a great little boost for your day as well. So make sure you check out Celsius. You can order them on Amazon, uh, or you can uh, check around and get get the store locator up at uh, Celsius.com. You can check out their uh, options there, and you can find uh, stores near you that carry them. But always good stuff going on with our friends over at
0: Celsius. Mark Cook, you were on the podcast, sir. What is up? Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I can hear you. All right, good. Okay, not much uh celsius available at publix i was at publix the other day and noticed celsius on the shelves yeah at least over at the branded location also wawa you can find them around here so anyway lots of places to find celsius it is just growing and blowing up and uh, getting more and more popular i have so many people that hit me up on twitter and, and different social media things telling me how much they enjoy celsius so uh anyway good people too had a great time at the celsius right. party Last week, I know Scott mentioned that on the podcast the other day. But uh, anyway, good people, good company, and a really, really good product. So make sure that you are knocking over your microphone as you reach <laughs> for your Celsius. Celsius. Anyway. Oh,
1: we got the same kind. Yeah, nice.
0: I'll probably orange, probably most orange, you. as you Can say, either, orange, orange. Orange. orange, orange. Do I say orange? Weird. Y- you say orange, orange, orange. When you said orange, orange. orange. orange 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 there's a lot of ways to say
1: it man you know
0: i i you know what i love uh, i I was really concerned when we hired you that you were going to have that really bad um, yeah yeah that bad accent from (laughs) pennsylvania but uh you're you're, a fairly normal
1: area thing yeah i'm a little bit too far outside of pittsburgh there were people living around me growing up that that, that talked like that but never not in my family i'm a little too far outside of pittsburgh to have the ends are uh, in there. I never said, never said yins. Uh, never was a Yins guys. So <laughs> thank the Lord for that. Uh, yeah. Uh, we got to talk about this, uh, this draft outlook for the box. I mean, we, I know I was saying this before you got on Mark, that it's like weird for bucks fans probably that they have, we haven't turned the page to the draft at all uh, until this point. Really, we really haven't even talked about prospects at all. I'm going to set a prospect's name on this podcast and we're what the second week of February, I think. Yeah. So uh, it's pretty crazy we aren't even going to talk a lot about specific prospects today uh, because i know both of us are probably still looking at trying to figure out who's in the class you know i mean I, i've kind of know who's in the class but i'm trying to take a deeper look at people before i will throw out a few names here and there at, as we go through position groups but i wanted to start well actually let's start with a couple of these comments first because dragonlope i know he's been waiting Make this point, John. Man, I called the blowout. He called the blood in the Super Bowl. I'm assuming he's talking about. I want to backpedal on the five and eleven prediction, though. Five and eleven, <laughs> dragon Wow, my gosh, man. Just want to say, great podcast this season. Got me through work. We appreciate that for sure. Podcast has been a ton of fun, uh, and we are going to have a ton of fun this off season too. We're really, really excited about uh uh the podcast and the direction that we're going in the off season, and some guests we have lined up, and all kinds of stuff like that. So it's going to be a good time for sure um and wants to go are you going to do a second podcast being nameless we know it's the peter report podcast how about we get your name instead i'm assuming he's talking about my name being under like the the when you scroll over my name that it's like says peter report podcast well the reason that is that way is because we changed it for the um the show at glory days and which was I didn't want it to have my name. I wanted to have the podcast name and it doesn't give, it doesn't show it to me before we get on. So I keep forgetting to go into the settings and change it uh, before we come up. So I well, will let's think, just
0: call uh, you, let's just call you Peter report podcast the rest of the show. I was going to say you, uh, you, can, you can just refer yes. to
1: me as PR or pewter. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, we, I hear some people are see some people already, asking about edge rushers in this class, potential edge rushers in this class. We will get to those guys. I want to start a quarterback, though, Mark, because we kind of didn't have a chance to touch on this because the Bucs were kind of in the throes of that Super Bowl run. But you wrote about Kyle Trask potentially being a fit for the Bucks in the first round at the end of the first round. I think this was when they were either going to be 31 or 32 for sure. Right. Um, so now picking 32, Kyle Trask potentially being available there. My guess, and it is a guess at this point because we have probably less information and less a vision into the draft process than we've ever had before but my guess is that we see five quarterbacks off the board before Kyle trap before the Bucks pick um those five being uh, the big four kind of the you know Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and uh, Zach Wilson Trey Lance and then we're probably going to see Mac Jones go somewhere in the teams would be my guess There's just too many co- teams that need quarterbacks this offseason it's like the opposite of last year everybody's trying to flip turn the page and and flip to a new chapter, and so because of that, the Bucks are so thinking about the future of the quarterback position. You posited that Kyle Trask could end up there. What are your thoughts on that potentially happening?
0: Well, you know, it, it's it's really a guess, but we do know that the Buccaneers have some, you know, they have some genuine interest in Kyle Trask. Now, again, they also have interest in in Trevor Lawrence, but uh, they know they're not going to draft him. And so, I mean, you know, having interest and in pulling the trigger are two different things. One thing that I did write about in today's Monday Mailbag is is maybe this is the year that you that you take a bit of a flyer. And I say a flyer because when you get it, and again, Tom Brady is, is the perfect example of the guy who wasn't a f- top fifteen pick that's the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. But but we know that most quarterbacks or, or the better quarterbacks are the you know ones that are selected earlier in the first round. So if you're taking a a, a gamble at one at thirty two, it, it is a bit of a gamble. Um, you know, and, but maybe this is the year to do that. And I say that because when you look at this roster, John, w- what position? And we'll throw this out to the listeners as well. Which which position is open for an actual battle for a first round rookie to step in and take a job of somebody? I mean, as of right now, just assuming that Shaq Baird is back, assuming Indominus Sue is back, um, and, and Rob Gronkowski is back. Where is there an open position for a player? And and I'll and I'll finish it up, and then we'll we'll discuss that for a second by saying, and so in my opinion, there's not really any you know big glaring needs on this football team now obviously depth and down the road and what's JPP going to do in two years and things like that you've got to look ahead I get that don't get me wrong but but the quarterback is just as important as an edge rusher and if Kyle Trask is your guy then uh, and you do have high hopes for him and and I'll talk about what I've heard from the Buccaneers in a little bit on Kyle Um, but where are the glaring glaring needs I think this might be the the draft again if you've got him as a first rounder that you would maybe take a flyer on him
1: yeah, there's a lot of ways to look at this, but I like the framework of the question that you've kind of proposed is that, okay, where are the needs? Where are the starting spots? Like we knew that as soon as Tristan Wirfs and Antoine Winfield were drafted, there was a good chance those guys were going to, to start and play a lot, at the very least play a lot in Winfield's situation this season. So, I mean, it was not a surprise when either of them were week one starters, and this year it's much harder to see that, right? I mean, if they bring back the players, we expect and Again, we're operating out of what we expect to happen this offseason. We expect Shaq Barrett to be back. We expect Levante David to be back, Chris Godwin to be back for the season. And so when you look at it that way, you know, there are really not any starting spots up for for grabs. You know, the one would be defensive tackle, right, where Ndamukong could potentially retire. We'll see what he ends up doing. But you expect Will Golston to be back the way the roster currently sits. You know, you'd expect, you know, he is. I will say this about Will Golston and Cam Braid. We'll throw it out there that they are Cam Braid six and a half million. Will Golston five and a half million. None of that's guaranteed for either of those guys. Braid almost certain to have his contract restructured. Golston probably depends on what other kind of moves uh, are, are made at uh, and the de- at defensive tackle and interior defensive line. Those guys could be cap casualties depending on how things go. They could take pay cuts. One of them could take pay cuts, both of them, uh, but Breit for sure will – I mean, he already did last year and probably will be asked to again. So there's uh, potential cap situations there, but that's really the only spot. I mean, defensive tackle, if Seward Tire or something would happen to Golsan, you know, that would be the only spot who's going to play next to Vita Vea that they don't have future, right? Because Steve McClendon's older and Raheem Nunes Roches is a free right. agent and he's just a journeyman guy, he's a depth guy, that's all that he is really. And so um, they definitely need to invest in that position – it's also unfortunate that this is one of the worst defensive tackle classes that we've seen quite some time. I'm just early in, in evaluating the class. I've seen everybody else's rankings, and it's almost unanimous agreement um, that this defensive tackle class might not even have a first-round worthy player, Christian Barmore, Alabama, maybe. But, again, there's not a lot of experience there in a, just a few games. So that's the one position I would say. Now, I bet Ronald Jones starts at running back, Mark. But that's the other one that you could say, okay, maybe a guy doesn't start, but he's probably going to play a big role. Clearly yeah. this team isn't scored on Ronald Jones. He's not developed as a pass catcher and pass protector. They really value that to the point that they just went ahead and started Leonard Fournette over him in the playoffs. So to me, that's the other position that if there's a, if you're looking for a starter in the first round and you didn't get anything in free agency or in the offseason, running back looks tempting at 32.
0: And I think, I, and again, I talked about this in the mailbag today that you know, I do believe the team's going to be looking. I think, I think, uh, you know, we we know that Brady was instrumental in the bringing of Rob Gronkowski here, LaShawn McCoy, Leonard Fournette. He probably said, you know, hey, let's let's bring him aboard. I think he's going to be in Jason Light's ear about some of these free agent running backs that are going to be out there. Yeah. Um, there's a few that he played with in New England: Rex Burkhead's one, and and, and James White is another one. Um, again, those are those are short term solutions. Um, but again, this is a i you know we we can argue that this this team is built for long-term success and they are in certain positions definitely um Mm -hmm. but at the same time again it's all in for 2021 again i mean that's what they're trying to do so jason light i don't know is going to sign free agents based on you know what he thinks you know three years down the road he's thinking about who can help us repeat and get a super bowl ring again this year um i do like the idea of of a running back thing i think ronald jones uh to, to paraphrase Denny Green, he is who we think he is. I mean he's 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 a very good, solid running back that can gain a thousand yards in a season, uh, mm-hmm. but he's not a versatile running back. And and we know Tom Brady and what they did New England love versatility at the running back position. And they tried this year. They tried with LaShawn McCoy, didn't work out. They tried to they did their damnedest to get Keyshawn Vaughn on the field and every time that he did, he just you know, dropped the ball, fumbled, whatever it was. So he wasn't, wasn't the answer. And again, he, he may take that. We got to, we can't forget how bad Ronald Jones was as a rookie. I I wish you would have been here, John to see, I mean, I've never seen a first round pick. I would have to go back to probably the eighties with, with some of the picks that the Buccaneers had in the first round that just was as bad as Ronald Jones. Now he wasn't a first rounder, but he was a second rounder and he was just awful. And, um, I think he averaged less than two yards a carry. I think he had, I know he had less than 100 yards as a rookie. So I assume he, <laughs> he was a bust. So there's hope for Keyshawn Vaughn, but again, where's that ceiling for him? Is he more of a versatile back? Is he a better mm-hmm. pass catcher? His tape last year or a, a couple years at, at Vanderbilt showed, yeah, he's he, he's decent at that, but again, it's not his forte. We'll see what happens. I, I like the idea of, of of a quarterback here, maybe only because. You're not going to have that many more years with Tom Brady under center that a guy could possibly learn behind. I was I thought the Packers were crazy when they drafted uh, Aaron Rodgers when they had Brett Favre. And I really thought they were nuts last year when they dressed drafted Love when they had uh, Rodgers as a starter. But I don't know. Maybe maybe maybe. Yeah, I agree. Not just because he's not going to play for a while. He's just I don't think he's that good. I don't think he's worth where they picked him at. But, um, anyway, we'll see. I mean, maybe, maybe that works, maybe it doesn't. and, and as somebody brought up, I can't remember who it was, maybe it was uh, um, uh rev fish on our on our message boards. Uh, but somebody asked me recently, Or no actually it was my brother of all people my brother in the monday mailbag last week said do they just give up on trying to find a franchise quarterback because they're the you know they're a team that haven't been able to do it in 46 years is this the new Mm -hmm. formula to try and plug and play a veteran guy in okay well yeah that's that's fine except tom brady comes around every 20 30 years and and you're still competing against 31 other teams in free agency so i don't know that that's the successful route to go as well uh, but, right. but anyway, it's it's what yeah. makes the giraffe so fun.
1: Well, I mean, I think running back. You know, I see good points even being brought up in the comments, and I want to make sure we get to. Them. But yes, running back is definitely these can all be true. Running back is a clear need on the Bucks team, and it's clear need that I don't think they're settled on as a franchise. I, I really right. don't think as a front office, as a coaching staff, I think they're in agreement. They're not settled on this. Position. I think that they appreciate what Leonard Fournette was able to give them. They recognize by the end of the year, he's our best three down option. And really, after the bye, we need to be more unpredictable about whether we're going to run or pass on certain downs. So they couldn't, didn't really feel comfortable just doing a third down option. They wanted to throw more on first down. They had to have Leonard Fournette in the game there. They clearly threw the ball more on first down. So Leonard Fournette, therefore, played more. You know, it's just kind of a ripple effect of those kind of things. But I really feel like Leonard Fournette was the number one back by default, more than it was he's this elite player that they want to, you know, that's a top five pick that they think is going to be the future at their position. I think Leonard Fournette will probably get some money thrown at him based on the way he finished the season and his pedigree by another team this offseason. I don't think it's going to be very cheap to bring him back, extremely cheap to bring him back. And they need it to be cheap to bring him back. They just do. I mean, you're not you don't want to pay more for Leonard Fournette than you're paying for Rob Gronkowski this year per year and you don't want that over a long amount of time you have lots of priorities in this team Leonard Fournette is not somebody you want to have long-term money wrapped up in you don't want to pay running backs period really I mean James White may be so cheap and for such a short amount of time that it doesn't matter we'll entertain that if the time comes but you don't want to have money any money really locked up in Leonard Fournette long term when you want to sign Carlton Davis to an extension. Obviously, Shaq Barrett, Levante David, Chris Godwin. You want to, when you want to sign those guys. When you might extend Ryan Jensen or Donovan Smith just to spread their contract hit out. You in, but you're going to take a risk, a little bit of a risk in 22, 20, 2023 20, offseason, that's fine, but you can't have bad players or players that aren't worth their cost at that point in time either. So you don't want to have money wrapped up in Leonard Fournette. If he's dirt cheap, again, maybe, but that's the reason he was on the team this year. And so I have doubts about that being the case moving forward for Leonard Fournette. I really think someone else is going to pay him to do a lot more. And I think he's going to be happy to go there and the Bucs will be happy for him. And I think, because I think the Bucs want one more year of Rojo but they do not expect Rojo to be at this point. They are not banking on him being that every down guy. So to me, when you are when you are asking me what the Bucs how the Bucks see their own team, not necessarily I do, but I think the running back position is one of the biggest desires for them to fix this offseason. I don't think that it requires the 32nd overall pick, though. I think that you can do it at a less valuable pick. Now I will recognize that at 32, there are typically not 32 first round caliber players in a draft class and it's hard for people to understand sometimes but you typically only have in my opinion maybe 15 16 17 at most first round caliber players and then you have to figure out needs and where those guys come off the board and everything like that typically there's probably not one available and probably not one at a position of need for the bucks available at 32 so you do have to evaluate some how are you getting into you know kind of who the best player is at that position how much does that matter this is where I tie it back to your point about quarterback, Mark. The Bucks are definitely would be wise, as you're indicating, to think about quarterback. I agree with you on that. I don't think that it means they think about taking one in this year's draft, though, for a lot of reasons. Number 32 overall, you're typically not getting a great quarterback. Data has shown us that over the last 20 years. There are exceptions. Obviously, you've seen guys like Drew Brees and then even later in the draft. Uh, Russell Wilson and Tom Brady and those guys are the exceptions Dex everybody like yeah right. everybody likes to hope that they're one of those three guys basically those are the three guys in the last 20 years that have been like post four top 40 picks first round picks that have ter- worked out obviously in a class like this where you're looking at a ton of quarterbacks coming off the board you're even less likely to get a good quarterback than you are than you would be in some of those other classes we can debate Trask another time, really. I need, I want to take a long look at him before I say anything because I know we got Gators fans in here. I don't want to be slandering anyone. But here's my thought, Mark. What if you looked at this year's draft as an opportunity to set yourself up for a quarterback in next year's class, regardless of where you pick? So yeah. what I mean by this, Mark, would be what if they looked at 32 as an opportunity to trade down? I'm probably going to be on this bandwagon all season long. I really think when you're at 32 and you don't have any crying needs like the box, maybe if a great player falls great, but you have so many options, man, <laughs> like you have so many options and the board could fall so many ways in front of you. I would be really serious about trading down. If another team wants to come back up to 32 to get a fifth year, uh, fifth year option on a player, let him take it because for y'all like that's not a big deal right now for the box. It's just not um, the biggest deal for the box is being able to gather some assets so when they have to make that move for quarterback, maybe it's in the draft, maybe it's in free agency, maybe it's in or maybe it's in a trade, but you want to have assets. The Bucs need to be thinking about ways to collect assets this offseason. Can they do that by trading back in the first round into the second round? I think they can. Can they probably get a similar caliber player at 32 that or at 45 than they would at 32 or 40 than they would at 32? Yes, I think they can. And so I would be looking to stockpile resources if I'm the if I'm the Bucks. I would be looking at ways to to achieve picks in this year's draft.
0: And, and I think Jason Light hinted at that on the podcast with you and Scott yeah. the other night. He talked about that. In fact, he brought it up. And um, you know that that's a little that's bit that's a of good clue. point. That
1: he brought it up. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a
0: little bit of a clue. That's the first thing that kind of you know dinged in my head when I was watching the podcast. Um, and and you made a good point too that this being a not a very good defensive tackle class um you know at least in the first round so maybe there is a couple guys that they like at that position and they think that that's a position that they want to go with in the first round or their first pick um but like you say you know picking up trading down and picking up some capital um you know makes sense and and listen why 32 is such a valuable pick if you want to call it a valuable pick is it's the last pick in the first round and teams value being able to offer that fifth round option on a guy and uh so you may have a team that has a guy that you know that they really feel is a first rounder, and they want to have that first round option. maybe give you uh, a, an extra third or a fourth round pick to be able to move up and and give up their second round pick to be able to select a guy that they'll be able to. I hate to use the word control, but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, teams love to have yeah. that fifth round option. Now you look at the percentages of fifth round option guys that are offered, and it's. I think it's. I think it's less than 50%, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're, I think you're right, yeah. So, But teams do like to have that, and, and and teams have in the past moved back up late in the first round. You know, Did the Buccaneers do that with Doug Martin back in 2012 or whatever year it was that they drafted him for that reason? I don't know. I think it was probably more that they thought he would go before they had an opportunity to pick him. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, they, they've, they've got... You know, they've got a little bit of 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 ammunition there if they do want to move back in my opinion. And again, as you said, John, the fact that there's not glaring needs in this football team and if you wanna say running back is one of them, you know, you're gonna find a very good running back in the second round, maybe even the third round. We've seen that happen over the last few years. And um, anyway, or maybe they just, you know, trade for Dalvin Cook. I don't know. Who knows? I'm just kidding.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, the the funny thing is we're going to say there's really not any big position of need at 32 that you have to address. And then we're also probably going to make a case for almost every position to be drafted there because the reality is – when you don't have a crying need, you have to kind of look look at the future, look at the best player available. That's really what right. you have to do. And so I look at a wide receiver class that's absolutely loaded. I know we've talked about quarterback and running back and looked at some of the possibilities there, but wide receiver class is absolutely loaded. Well, they don't need wide receivers. Scotty Miller's here, Tyler Johnson's here, Chris Godwin will probably be back. Well, Chris Godwin might be back, but he might be tagged. And so that's a very, very important position for the Bucs. So Johnson definitely impressed some as a rookie, but the fifth round pick, and I think he's a good player, but I don't think he's ever going to be Chris Godwin. I just don't. I think he's going to be a good player, but I've I've not seen him ever. Like I saw Chris Godwin coming out or like I see Chris Godwin now, certainly. And so,
0: John, are you willing to? We're we're basing all this, as you mentioned, on guys coming back. But all of a sudden, Chris Godwin, the Buccaneers don't find a way to keep him and he signs somewhere else. Now, all of a sudden, boom, there's who you're taking probably, right? One of these receivers in a loaded class. Same right. thing with with uh, with Shaq Barrett at that point. Then you've got to be really serious. You got to think to yourself, man, we've got to find an outside linebacker that fits in Todd Bowles' scheme here to replace him if you don't right. get a JJ Watt. So what happens is is you know the, the what it, pe- and I'll get a million questions between now and April on what the Buccaneers are going to do with that draft pick in the in the mailbag, but as I say every year, let's see what happens in March because March dictates what happens in April in the NFL.
1: Right. Well, and that's the thing. I I don't know that Chris Godwin will be in Tampa Bay long term, but he is the one that's pretty obvious to me in terms of the cat the tag. I mean, they they obviously yeah. probably want to use that tag, and they're not going to use it on Barrett again, obviously, because it's a bigger, much bigger hit. Right. And then you know, same thing with Levante David. It's no no point in using the tag on him. You want to work out like a two year, three year deal with with Levante David. You don't, know, you know. But Chris Godwin is looking to command top money at his position, and frankly. The, here's what could happen is the Bucks use the tag this year. Great. But then next year, Chris Godwin has a 1400 yard season in 2021 and he wants to be the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. Well, you know, you're going to pay Chris Godwin 10 million more than you're paying Mike Evans. I just don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, I know Evans isn't going to care, but you know, is that, are you willing to tie that kind of money up in the wide receiver position? So, and then again, that's like the, the biggest case scenario. Chris Godwin wants 26, 20, whatever million after this season. And the cap goes back up and all that. And so anyway, I say that to say wide receiver, I I fully expect Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson, at least to be on this year's team on 2021 team, but it's down the road. Yeah, after this next season, I mean, if Tyler Johnson isn't ready to step into exactly Chris Godwin's role, do you want to have another option to be able there? And in a great wide receiver class, if it's best player available and you can't trade down or you have traded down and, and there's still a great wide receiver there, yeah, I don't think it's wrong to take him at all. And you load up that room, you know, assuming AB's not back, you would have a very loaded room still, but that's how the Bucks do it at wide receiver. That's how Arians has always done it at wide receiver. Look at those Cardinals teams, man, Larry Fitzgerald and yeah. John Brown and Michael Floyd. I mean, they just were loaded with wide receivers that could play. I mean, they, and they would right. still drafting guys, you know, to, to play certain roles and Jaron Brown was playing and he was playing a role for them and JJ Nelson was playing and little speedster role. roll. And so they are always trying to load up that position group. I'm not saying take it at 32 or anything. I'm just saying we can't roll it out either because the future of Chris Godwin long-term is unknown. Even if it's pretty certain that he'll be on the 2021 roster, you don't know what Tyler Johnson is yet. And Scotty Miller is, is a, is a role player. That's how the Bucs see him. They were clear about that this season when they signed Antonio Brown and with the amount that they played Tyler Johnson. Scotty Miller does one thing for the team. He doesn't do everything for the team, and that's kind of how they see him. So I don't think he'll ever step into an every-down role for this team, um, which is why I think that wide receiver three, they either feel great about Tyler Johnson in that role this year, along with Scotty Miller, or they draft somebody and Tyler Johnson or Scotty Miller play the role that they played this
0: year, splitting time as the fourth guy. That could be a possibility too and and again it's just you know mind-boggling to me who's who's covered this team full-time for 10 years I I mean I worked back with Scott back and when he started in 1995 I used to uh I don't know if you even know this John I used to just transcribe quotes back at the office on a word processor for Scott from the locker room we had this big recorder thing and and so I did that for free every once while Scott would give me like a a t-shirt or something from the merchandise store to do it but that's how I I met Scott doing that in, in the Tampa Tribune and some other writing things. But um, but uh, let's even go back to 95. I mean, man, to think about this football team going into a draft, as you say, here we are in the second week of April, <laughs> and just not having a glaring need on this football team is, is just crazy for me to think. Yeah. I don't even know if I would have thought that was possible, even at the end of 2019, to be honest with you, because there were so many question marks on this football team, particularly in the secondary. John, I don't know that I would have thought that, At the bye week this year, because there were still so many question marks, I mean, we were ready to run Sean Murphy bunting out of town. I mean, not (laughs) literally, but I mean, I I was in almost an agreement with you that it was time to get this guy off the field um you know and and let him sit back and, and you know play uh, a big uh big ross or russ or i can't even remember how to say his name because i've said it wrong russ, many times yeah. ross cockerel you know it, it's crazy to think about yeah. man how how things have changed so fast with this franchise and i think buccaneer fans are happy about that i mean who? Right. What, what team i mean yes okay the chiefs should be good next year and, and, and they will be and, and you could possibly see a rematch again it's hard to repeat we understand that yeah uh, but but I mean, you know, th- this football team, you add talent to it. I mean, it's it, this defense could be almost as scary as this offense next year, too, if they mm-hmm. continued Because I think defensively, there's still room for that to grow as well as the mm-hmm. offense as well. So, yeah. you know, just adding talent, just throwing talent in the room. This team stays healthy next year. Um, I don't even somebody even asked me how many games did this team win next year. I wanted to say 14 games because I think they're capable of winning 14, like the Chiefs did this year in the regular season. I said 12 or more, but uh, I don't, I don't, I, you know, right now, I don't think 14 games would be out of the question. But again, I know that's not really the topic of this show. It just things that pop in my head as we were, as we, talk.
1: well, yeah. I mean, I, no, I think you're right, though. But I think also, you know, it's important. You know, we don't want to ever overreact. To You know, we want to be as excited as we can be. But also, like you're saying, like we want to make sure we're looking at the sample size, too, you know, and, and I understand, you know, Sean Murphy Bunting did play a lot better in the playoffs. You know, we'll see long-term what he and Jamel Dean look like. But there's no question those are going to be the guys next year. Those two and Carlton yeah. will be the guys. Now, how well yeah. they play, whether they look like the regular season versions or the playoff versions, you know, that will honestly – a lot of that will depend on Todd Bowles because when he changed his scheme for them, they played a lot better. I don't think they were perfect, but they played so much better as press man corners um, – than they did as just zone guys. They just – neither of them are – they're just not the forte of any of their corners. And so hopefully that's and, what the playoffs and,
0: revealed. And and, and maybe we we're talking about that now. Maybe cornerback itself, because Carlton Davis will be going into his fourth year, he'll be yep. a free agent in 2022. And you talk about a position that's going to command a lot of money, especially when the cap jumps back up as yep. we expect it to be in 2022. Um, you know, you know, that, that's another thing, I guess, if you're not going to go quarterback there, you go best player available, but maybe you also look at, you know, you and and the Buccaneers, absolutely. And all teams do this, but I know the Buccaneers do this specifically. They do look two years down the road, uh, at guys, number one, their age, their production, uh, but also their contract status where they're at. And, 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 you know, and again, they're finally in a position where they can actually draft based on that as instead of just looking at it and then having to fill a hole somewhere. So. Anyway, right. very very yeah. interesting. Maybe 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 they go cornerback. I didn't. Mean, I haven't looked yeah. at the cornerback prospects at all. I don't know. I don't think this is as deep as it was in the last couple of years. But where where are we at cornerback uh, wise when you look at the overall depth of that class uh, this year? Jimmy? Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it could be a possibility again. We're just saying possibilities, right? I mean, I think possibilities sure. are kind of what we're looking at here, and so. I think possibly yes. Cornerback could be a need. There's no question in my mind. Um, I think that they're probably going to go with those three guys next year. Now, Carlton Davis, long term, does he sign an extension? What happens with Carlton Davis? I don't really know the answer to that. I mean, I think that Carlton Davis is clearly pretty coveted by the team. I mean, he's a he's a he's a CB one. They view him that way. You know, he said he was a top ten guy, and that Bruce Aaron said before the season he's top ten cornerback in the class. And so I mean I think there's they obviously view Carl Davis in a very strong light. He matches up with wide receiver ones constantly for them. And so they feel really strongly about him. You know, um if they still feel that way after the season, which I'm assuming they do, then that's a guy that I would make a priority. And remember, we're thinking of all of these contract extensions, but remember cap hits are spread out over certain numbers of years, so you that's how the Saints have been able to keep people forever. Now they've also Done it for a long amount of time. So eventually they kicked the can so far down the road that it was going to catch up with them. The Bucs can give Car- Carlton Davis a contract extension even this offseason if they wanted to, and they could extend him now. It is cap; cap wouldn't until 2022 and bigger maybe in 2023. And those cap hits in those years are fine. You know, the Bucs don't have, they right now have the most cap space in the league for those years looking at their roster. So there's like a big projection out to those seasons. And I think that if they were to give him an extension this offseason, it wouldn't shock me again. They want to keep everybody together. I know at some point you probably have to let somebody go, but I don't know that it makes sense for that person to be Carlton right. Davis. Right, and right. just given, given where they're at with Shaq Barrett, I don't know that it makes sense for it to be him too. It could be Chris Godwin, but it would end up being after the 2022 season, I think, and we know how important that position is. So that's why I say I think wide receiver could be more likely than cornerback, not saying any of these picks, should happen or anything like that i'm not saying that i'm just saying that the reality of the nfl is that you have to be thinking forward thinking in a lot of these ways and that just isn't the case right now uh with a lot of teams and the bucks need to make sure that they are doing that at these key positions i'm sure they will and that's going to be an option at 32
0: yeah i'm i'm sorry john i'm I'm getting some, some news here that i don't want to report on the podcast uh anyway um i see we're, i'm we're... seeing the
1: comments i'm sure everyone's seeing about something about vincent jackson we're yeah okay i it was still kind comments. of gathering the details but it um, seems like
0: a lot of people are aware of it wow that's um if that's true and it looks like channel eight has confirmed that that's um that's a tough one i just talked to jackson um friday before the super bowl we were anyway um Hmm. yeah the news right now yeah i the, talked the, to vincent
1: the news right now by the way if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast is just that vincent jackson's passed away i don't know anything more than that and and i you saw it, you
0: said it was confirmed by one verified source at least it looks like um, a reporter from channel 8 wfla our, our our partner station has confirmed it um we're we're going to work on that obviously here uh and just just to make sure i'm uh Wow. I, again, I, I talked to Vincent, you know, just, uh, you know, a week and a half ago, right before the Super Bowl, we were talking about, in fact, uh, he, we were talking about him coming out to the, uh, the top golf event and, uh, he had another obligation and, and, he said, let's catch up, uh, in the off season. Vincent was a guy that if Pew report, if people have been reading Pew report a while, obviously they know what he, what he was to this football team. And, and, uh, you know, man of the year nominee. A few times his work in the community with, with the homeless, with the military people that came from a military family. Um, I had a coach that I coached with in, in youth football coach Al that, um, I've got a video up on our Pewter report YouTube uh, page of he and Vincent having an interaction coach had cancer and came out to practice and, and met, wanted to meet Vincent before he passed away. And Vincent was kind enough during training camp that year to, uh, to meet with coach Al and, um, and spend some time with him. And it meant the world to coach Al before he passed away. And so I'm just uh, blown away right now. Did um, that, that uh, if that's Excuse. an actual report. So, wow. wow.
1: Seems like anyway. a couple sources have verified it now that the Hillsborough County Sheriff's office is investigating the death of former Tampa Bay Buccaneers player, Vincent Jackson. Jackson 38 was found deceased on Monday, February 15th at the Homewood suites located at uh, Palm river road in Brandon, Florida. So, don't know many more details beyond that, but that's uh, Josh Benson of WFLA uh, reporting that um, about that. So, a lot of people sharing Vincent Jackson memories and stuff uh, right now, and I'm sure that'll be something that's difficult for a lot of people to wrestle with. And hopefully, we can find some answers uh, from the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office on that. Uh, definitely an amazing buck, an amazing dude from everything that I've heard for sure. So, just a,
0: just a great great guy. You know, he we. <laughs> we in the media used to give him a hard time because, you know, there for a while he was the best Buccaneer on this football team. And, you know, we, we got him basically once a week. He was the, he and Gerald were the two guys that, you know, once a week we, we kind of got in the, in, in, open locker room and, you know, and we used to give him a hard time I and mean, not to his face, but, you know, in, amongst the media that, you know uh, you know, come on Vincent, you're not, you know, Randy Moss or Jerry Rice here jokingly um you know because we only got him like once a week he only talked like once yeah. a week but uh <laughs> what, a, what a super guy man and um you know i, I like i said I, I i told him about what we were doing with the uh top golf thing to help raise money for chris godwin's foundation he was real interested he just couldn't um he just couldn't squeeze it in during that weekend you know he owned a business he was uh, either the owner or part owner of of a restaurant here in the bay area um he was to Channel Ten WTSP. Um, some of you guys know daisy charlotte um she did a, a feature on him i think it was right before christmas where he was handing out um food and, and things like that to military families that you know uh, needed it or, or or i don't even know if it was just military i i think it was christmas gifts for for military people so um i i don't i'm just at a loss for words man what a uh yeah what a good human uh but i mean uh, who knows what happened we'll um We'll definitely have something as soon as we get more information up on pewterreport.com as soon as the podcast is over. I may, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll look into that. In fact, I'm I'm just down the street from from the uh, from where he essentially the cease Palm River Road that Homewood Suites area is, is actually right near where the top golf area is. But anyway. Oh, okay um, let's carry on with the podcast and uh and get through this next 20 minutes it's not going to be easy vincent was a great guy if you guys have any vincent jackson stories you know we can uh, we can adapt we can uh, we can switch gears mm-hmm. a little bit on the podcast whatever we need to do since it's live but uh anyway rest yeah in peace, for sure vincent jackson
1: yeah definitely tough tough one man that's gonna be a tough one for a lot of fans and, and and people who knew him and loved ones to wrestle with you know he definitely had some Awesome years with the box and with the chargers was a really fun player to watch. um, And and sounds like a great guy too, from everyone uh, that covered him, We do want to jump in and keep talking about this draft stuff, but like uh, Mark said, if anybody has anything that they want to share or about Vincent, definitely uh, make sure we do that. But do want to mention too, that it's been a, a year for the insurance world, record number of named storms at more than 30 storms flooding. In addition to wildfires, not to mention the pandemic, with the commercial property and homeowners rate increase across industry due to these catastrophes, Briar Greaves Agency has numerous carriers and options to help new and existing clients affected by these increases. Personal and commercial auto insurance is another line of business uh, line of business that Briar Greaves Insurance can help with shopping through carriers such as Progressive, uh, MetLife, Safeco, and Allstate to name a few. The folks at Briar Greaves Insurance are big fans of the Buccaneers and proud sponsors of the Peter Report podcast on pewterreport.com visit Briar greaves Insurance or call 813-876-4166 that's 813-876-4166 today so make sure you uh, do that and talk to Sam and Briar Bigs Bucks fans as well and I'm sure they'll have their thoughts um on all of this as well uh and we talk to them next but yeah definitely a tragic situation Mark and it feels like you know um one that I'm sure Mike Evans will have thoughts on uh, on Vincent Jackson I think when he was in the early part of his career if I remember Vincent Jackson was kind of like the veteran and one of the probably the leaders of this franchise at that point in time like you said one of the only really good players one of their few bright spots as somebody said and so um man it's just like one of those things that you know that players are going to have players like he and Will Golden, Vonte David will have thoughts to share on on a guy like Vincent Jackson and you'd imagine Phil Rivers and others as well who were who were close with him but a guy that a lot of people loved and respected, and I remember always hearing Trevor talk favorably about him um, as a buck and as a person uh, during our time that, that Trevor and I did the podcast together as well.
0: Yeah, uh, let's go back to Briar Reeves real quick, John, only because I love Briar Greaves. You know why I love Briar Greaves? Because they're my personal homeowner's insurance agency. And uh, I actually I had a uh, I was speaking to Briar recently at one of our events, the Glory Days event, and was explaining a problem that I was having with my home and he actually recommended having an adjuster come out and take a look at it. And I called the following Monday, filled out the paperwork. Uh, two days later, had an adjuster out of the house. And um, and uh, and the problem's getting taken care of, something that I probably wouldn't have done, would have just dealt with and, and paid for my own. Um, again, that's why I love Briar Grease because he's – Um, you know, can give you that personal recommendation on certain things, John, um, does a wonderful job with homeowners, but really all lines of insurance. There's nobody listening to this podcast right now that doesn't need some form of insurance, whether it be life homeowners, auto commercial business, those kind of things. So check out, uh, and maybe even boats. I don't know. Maybe Tom Brady should give him a call about that $2 million boat was floating around in the river last Wednesday. I would have definitely had insurance before I took off, uh, in my boat on that river. It was a, it was a madhouse. Uh, at the Super Bowl Parade. But anyway, definitely go check out Briar Reeves. Give Sam or give Briar a call. Uh, good people, big Buccaneer fans. And next time we have an event, I'm sure they'll be there. Make sure you stop by and say hello to Briar and Sam. So anyway, I just wanted right. to throw that in real quick, John, because I haven't been on the pod when, when they were um, one of the uh, sponsors uh, recently. So anyway. Just right. No, yeah, stories. for sure. Um, you
1: no, know, Let's jump back to pick number 32. And, man, it's been – tricky to figure out this defensive line class i think most people expect again if we're talking about needs most people expect defensive line or running back to be kind of at the top of that list for the box uh you know, we've t- we'll continue to talk about other position groups as well but did want to touch on the defensive line class really quickly uh before we wrap up here i think penn state's jason away will be a potential uh a prospect there uh for the bucks i believe this offseason and, uh, and i think that uh, possible we've seen a lot of people talk about joseph Passai from texas to potentially be a name there uh, we've seen patrick jones from Pitt thrown in there i mean there's been a lot of different people that a lot of different players have had names thrown out uh for the bucks at that spot edge defensive line interior defensive line i, I really think that this is a team that's going to look to fill most of their needs in the offseason and free agency if there's a time to spend it's this offseason for the box they are in a window where they legitimately could repeat i mean it's not an exaggeration to say that that's how good the roster is across the board you know it obviously depends on brady staying healthy and and being able to stay at the level of play that he's at at some point everybody's spending money like it's not everybody's like afraid to end up like the saints Gotta understand, Bucks fans. It's it's important to be spending money to make your team the best it can be. Don't miss on the moves for sure. You're gonna take some risks and some chances. I get it. Now, even the Chiefs have not had every move uh, work out, uh, nor did the Saints. But God, it is important to recognize those windows in goal and go in when you can. And so, I do think most of that'll be in the soft season. But I definitely think if you're talking need mark, thirty-two looks like a spot in the defensive line. Not only could there be players there worthy of that pick but it could be also the thing that the Bucks are thinking about trying to get younger at those positions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, when, when you don't have those glaring needs, what a luxury it is to be able to, you know, just take that best player available. And and as I said earlier, just, I, i you know, I, I I've never experienced this, John. I mean, I've <laughs> covered some bad football teams in the last 10 years. And uh, you know, the, the fact that they're at a position where, um they don't have a hole to fill and 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 that's not just in the draft that's also in free agency again there's things and pieces that you want to put together to help make your team stronger um but right. again we could go back to last year's draft and there were glaring needs and and, and they addressed those particularly at tackle when when uh, they let Demar dotson walk that was a huge need and, and they signed Joe Hagan free agency but uh, that wasn't going to deter them really from finding a tackle at that position and talk right. about striking gold with Tristan Wirfs. I don't know that we've <laughs> I don't know that enough has been said about him. I know that we on on Peter report have mentioned it. But when you look at the fact that this guy played every single snap this season, the only player if I'm not mistaken, played every single snap this season and uh, and gave up one sack um, is really just mind-boggling. As yeah. much as I've loved Demar Dotson and I was one of those guys saying, "Oh, you can get by another year with Demar Dotson." Um, again, reason number 4 1333 I'm not a GM of this football team because I might have rolled Mm -hmm. the dice with because picking offensive line is is the most unsexy pick you'll ever pick right particularly in the first round in a top 15 pick it's just not it's hard to get excited about an offensive lineman um as a general fan and, and even myself in the media I mean it's not you know you don't again you 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 get excited about the skill position guys because you know while we're um, you know supposed to be independent and all of those things and, and and not biased just as a general football fan you know again number one picks aren't that exciting and uh but boy they uh they nailed it and and you know hats off to to Jason Light and you know he had to move up one pick to do it but it was well worth it he talked about that in the podcast and I want to tell people if you didn't listen to the Jason Light interview last week uh really good stuff it's on our YouTube channel make sure that you're subscribing to that as well we're Um, we're around 3,500 subscribers, I think right now, John, which is just a tremendous jump. Uh, but let's keep boosting that up. Just subscribe. I subscribe to some other YouTube channels and I don't actually get notifications because I don't hit the bell part of it, but I subscribe. So when I'm on YouTube, it will show me down at the bottom of my phone. If there's a new episode of whatever it is that I'm subscribed to. So even if you don't want to be bugged with notifications, I'm not, I I don't like getting dings and and banners and stuff on my phone, but, um, but, but, but click the subscribe uh, and that way, at least when you go on YouTube, which, if you're like me, you're on it once or twice a day anyway, for something, you'll see that there's a new episode um right anyway sorry yeah, man. No, i'm a little sh- uh i'm a little flustered with this whole vincent jackson no thing, no man. i c- dang
1: completely it. understand that no for sure i completely get it it's uh it's the way that it is um you know and so yeah i think that i mean we were planning the the season. the podcast will be a little bit shorter we usually go in like an hour or over an hour so we need to try and shorten those down a little bit in the off season. so it'll be a little bit more quicker and quick hitting uh podcasts obviously with the vincent jackson stuff today uh we are going to go over that a little bit to make sure we get everything in but um no, I do want to mention two things before we wrap up and before I, 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 clo- I close this out. But one is that J.J. Watt, I see some people talking about in the chats. I don't want to repeat things that I've written about too, but J.J. Watt, uh, if you've read the article I talked about it on PeterReport.com, I, uh, I, I wrote about it um, on uh, Saturday, I think it was, and Saturday the article went up and I talked about not only is it possible for the box to sign J.J. Watt, but that they should really strongly look into it. Again, maybe J.J. Watt's asking for $17 million a year, which is what he was about to make before he got cut. I doubt he's asking for that. I think he wants to run a ring. The Bucks are a prime spot to do that. I think he'd be a great fit. I think it makes sense across the board with J.J. Watt in Tampa Bay, and they can do it. Uh, so go check that article out. Um, I don't think you'd have to replace anyone. I think they can bring Sue back. I mean, he would probably replace Will Golston in the starting lineup. Maybe Golston doesn't end up getting cut. He would definitely at least take a pay cut uh, if J.J. Watt um, um, comes in. Um, that would be something that uh, they'd have to look at basically whether who, who he would end up replacing, but they couldn't afford Golson, Bray and Watt probably. I mean, they might be able to, but it wouldn't be ideal for them. But Golson last year of his contract and Watt would be replacing him in the starting lineup. He's not really a, a situational pass rusher. So his value to you would kind of be less at that point. And so um, they would have to evaluate some things like that, but Watt is a difference maker still. Again, most double teamed edge rusher in the NFL last season by far wasn't even close because there was nobody else in the texans d-line still was a top 10 pass rush win rate according to espn i don't even get into pass rush rush win rate a lot i don't use that all the time but i watched Watt. i've seen him i know that he still plays at that level may not be peak watt but he's still a really good player
0: and the bucks could get him
1: affordably uh in a in a situation that doesn't hurt their cap down the road so
0: again i was really surprised john at, at the people when um that 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 posted on on some of the social media groups and things that I was reading um, when I posted your story, you know about about you know why and how the Buccaneers can make it happen. That you know obviously clearly they didn't read your article because the number one thing was up oh, can't afford it or he's washed up. Um, I think that I read and maybe it was even in your article that out of his ten season he's played he's only there's only been three years that he's missed games in. So that means he's played 16 games in seven schedules. And again, uh, if I'm remembering that off memory, but, uh, but again, you have made a great case on how the Buccaneers could do it and why it makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this isn't, uh, you know, this isn't a, a washed up 43 year old. pass right. rusher. This is a, uh, this is, you know, a guy that, that, that still has some juice left in the tank. You know what else though? I think we're going to see John and, and, and something that we'll talk about as we get closer to free agency is, uh, there's going to be a lot of guys in fact pretty much any big name that gets released between now and 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 free agency is going to be yep. linked to the Buccaneers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they talk about Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, that's been linked to the Buccaneers already by Jeff Darlington last week. Um, yep. You know, and 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 for good, and Adrian Peterson, another guy. There's going to be a lot of guys that, because this is a destination that, that free agents are going to want to come to. Right. Uh, if you're J.J. Watt, you know, why would you not want to come here and try and win a ring? Right. You're not winning one in Houston, clearly not now, because you've been released, but, um, you know, how many teams – uh, I have a better shot than the buccaneers right now. I mean the buccaneers yeah. are going to be the favorite in my opinion to repeat. And uh and, and so any name that gets released or is is, 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 is trade talk type rumors is going to be linked to the buccaneers, but make sure you go to peterreport.com and and uh, and find that JJ Watt article. If you're if you're yeah. negative about it, at least read what John has to say about it because he kind of swayed my mind because again, I was one of those people that the first reaction was, well, you know, he's he, he's over the hill maybe or he's declining which is true he's not the same guy that he was five years ago but at the same time there's still some juice left in the tank based on the stats that you brought up but my big thing was you know that you know they're already you know up against the cap there's no way they're going to swing it but you know you made some great points that he's not going to command 23 24 million dollars you can make it happen on a right. two-year deal so anyway go check that out on pewreport.com right. for sure
1: yeah, I think last year the Texans paid him $15 million, and that, that's probably the mark number. The reason they didn't trade him was teams didn't want to pay that right. amount of money. You know, they didn't want to pay $15, $17 million for J.J. Watt. So my guess is he'll go down from that. I asked a couple of cap experts, and they think somewhere in the 10 to $12 million a year range for probably two years is probably what he's looking at. So we'll see uh, what happens if the Bucs can swing it. But either way, we're big dreamers now in Tampa Bay. We don't settle yeah. – for you know anything less than the big dreams that's our rolls now in Tampa folks those are the roles when you win the Super Bowl so yeah we're going to dream a little bit about a defensive line of Shaq Barrett and and, and Jason Pierre-Paul and Dominican Sue and Vita Vea and JJ Watt we're going to do that a little bit and it's going to be yeah. fun it's going to be that kind of an offseason so make sure you're sticking with us tomorrow we'll be back 4 p.m again 4 p.m uh, I'm not sure I know Scott's going to be on here and uh, he's going to be on here with Greg Allman, um of uh, The Athletic who's going to be talking about his new book it's going to be Fun stuff with Scott and Greg, for sure, on the podcast tomorrow. Going to be a good time. As it always has been Greg Almond's a guest on the podcast. And then we'll have good stuff Wednesday and Thursday as well on the podcast. Again, 4 p.m. Eastern. We'll be live all week. Appreciate you all. Appreciate your super chats. Appreciate you tuning in and supporting another episode of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.